welcome to the 80th episode of the podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than food and frightening film fanatics. Typically, we go over a franchise each week, but this time around, we are covering the top horror movies of 2020. Well, at least my picks for the top movies. I think everyone will agree that this year the scariest thing is actually real life, but one advantage of being quarantined at home for the past seven months, um, I haven't been back in the office since March, Um, it's given me extra time to watch a lot of movies. And I haven't watched all of these, but I watched a lot of them. There were at least 150 horror movies released in 2020. Uh, Thrillist.com has a good list of like 75 movies, and many of those you won't see on anybody else's list. And also Rotten Tomatoes has a good list uh, with a ranking. Some movies that were planned released for this year... Um, that got rescheduled due to COVID are Candyman, Halloween Kills, Spiral, The Book of Saw, and Quiet Place 2. So hopefully we will see those next year. And some of the movies that were released in either in theaters or then to streaming um, are either not available in the U.S. yet or are expensive to rent. So I'm waiting for the price to come down. So I did not review... Freaky, Gretel and Hansel, Antebellum, Saint Maud, Swallow, Synchronic, Spree, The Hunt, The Dark and the Wicked, or The Rental. Some of these movies um, may be on your list that aren't on mine, and it's just because I didn't like them enough for them to hit the top ten. One example is The Invisible Man. I know that's at the top of many people's lists this year. Um, I did like it. I always like Elizabeth Moss and, and um, everything she does, but it just didn't make my top ten. Uh, another movie, uh, Possessor. I It's a very interesting idea, but I just couldn't get into it, unfortunately. And also, I'm thinking of ending things. I watched that movie twice, but I just didn't enjoy it. So those are not in my top ten list. There are several anthology series this year. It's always hard to do a good anthology. Uh, They include Welcome to Blumhouse, which is on Amazon and has released four movies currently. Um, So I enjoyed those. My favorite of those, I think, was Evil Eye and The Lime. Into the Dark is on Hulu and also from Blumhouse. And what they did is they released a different holiday-themed horror movie every month of the year. Uh, My favorites of those were from last year, unfortunately, so I can't count them this year. And those are Pilgrims and the Christmas movie, A Nasty Piece of Work. So I'm interested to see if they come back next year, uh, what else they have. Some of them have been really good, and some of them have been so-so, so it's just kind of hit and miss. There are a few very good quiet movies that didn't make the list, and these feature basically a person or a couple of people throughout the entirety of the movie. So I just wanted to mention them real quick. Um, Run with Sarah Paulson I thought was excellent. She did a really good job. Uh, Scare Me, another anthology, was good. Amulet. Even though it was a little slow, uh, it had some very interesting ideas in it. The Deeper You Dig, Nicole, Underwater with Christian Stewart, uh, Vivarium, Black Bear, which it's uh, not sure you can really classify it even as a horror movie, but many people are. 
starring Aubrey Praza. She was very good in it. And lastly, Z, which is a, a movie similar to Babadook. There were lots of great international entries this year. Examples include Impedagore from Indonesia, Hashtag Alive from South Korea, uh, Bobul from India, Blood Quantum from Canada, Extraordinary from Ireland, Sputnik from Russia, Yummy from Belgium, Get Duked from the UK, The Pool from Thailand, and May the Devil Take You from Indonesia. And I, there are a few more that I'll talk about a little bit later. Kudos to Netflix for offering some international horror movies that I would not have otherwise probably been able to see. They include such things as Babul, which uh, is a beautiful if you haven't watched it, it's really a beautiful movie. It's like a fairy tale about a woman in the 18th century India. So a very interesting idea and beautifully shot. Um, of the things that I also mentioned, um, let me just give a couple of highlights here. In Pedagore, I really enjoyed Indonesia. It was a very interesting take. South And the South Korean Alive, I thought was a good twist on the zombie movie. Uh, Blood Quantum is about First Nation people in Canada who um, they are not infected by some sort of virus that causes zombies, but everybody else is and kind of how they deal with that. Uh, Sputnik was a good creature feature. Yummy was also a pretty good zombie movie. It had some really fun parts in it. Get Duked I didn't like as much as other people, but it's an interesting uh, premise. The Pool, uh... This is, I'm not giving anything away, if you saw the movie poster, is about a guy in a drain pool who is stuck in there with a crocodile. So I enjoyed that much more than I thought I would. Uh, now to a couple of honorable mentions. And they include Anything for Jackson from Shudder. This is from Canada. And it's about an elderly couple who wants their deceased grandson back and they'll do anything to get him. So this is kind of a uh, horror comedy, and I thought it was really good. The Cleansing Hour, also on Shudder. A con artist uh, does fake exorcisms on the internet so he can sell bad merchandise such as prayer towels, etc. What will happen when he encounters the real thing? And this movie was surprisingly fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, bad Hair from Hulu. A woman wants to make it big in the TV business, so she goes to a well-known hairstylist. When the hair starts to have a taste for blood, things go crazy. This was a very creative movie uh, and a lot of fun, and also enjoyed seeing Vanessa Williams in it. Spontaneous from Amazon. Random kids in a high school start exploding and exploding and exploding. If teenage life wasn't hard enough, not knowing when you're going to explode any second really ups the stakes. Uh, in the end, it's a very heartwarming story about trying to live every moment to the fullest, created before the pandemic, but very apropos for these times. Spiral from Shudder. A gay couple and their teenage daughter move to a new town. Uh, beware of the neighbors. Enough said there. And lastly, something that's not a movie, it's a series on Netflix, The Haunting of Bly Manor, from Mike Flanagan, who can do no wrong in my book. I've seen everything he does. So this series is based on, you'll recall, season one, The Haunting of Hill House, was based on Shirley Jackson's 
uh, book. And this season two, The Haunting of Bly Manor, is based on uh, Henry James's story, The Turning of the Screw. So basically what Mike Flanagan does, which I really enjoy, is he takes the basic premise or the basic characters and then builds on them from there. So the first season was one of my favorite things I saw last year, and this season was also very good. It's another series that focuses on grief and loss. And without further ado, here's my top ten. What I'm looking for are creative stories, characters I can care about, something fun. I don't mind if it's a um, horror comedy or not. A movie that scares me but makes me think about it after the movie is over. As I said, it can really be any genre. It could be straight-up horror. It could be sci-fi, psychological horror, body horror, or I also like a good comedy. Five of my favorite films this year are from Shudder, so that's a pretty good number. Two are on Netflix, one is on Amazon, and two are on Hulu. And I'm going to go from ten to one. So number ten is Rent-A-Pal from Hulu, so Rent-A-Pal. I've gone back and forth on what to put in the tenth spot. There were a number of really good movies Uh, But I ended up deciding on Rent-A-Pal. And it's about a poor lonely guy that takes care of his mother. She has dementia. And he is desperate for companionship. He joins a dating service. And this all takes place in the 1980s when people made tapes of themselves and then swapped the VHS tapes. So pre-tender. While he's at the dating service, he sees a bargain bin and he pulls out a tape called Rent-A-Pal. And it has Will Wheaton from uh, Star Trek who is um, pretending to talk to the viewer. And then things start to go downhill from there. The main character thinks he develops a relationship with uh, the guy, whatever his name is, I think it's Andy, from um, Renapal, and then things go south quickly. I don't want to give anything else away, but the rest of the movie I thought was surprisingly effective. That's number 10. Number 9, also on Hulu, a woman ends up with her boyfriend's kids in an isolated winter cabin. Again, I don't want to say much more about this because it should go into it cold if at all possible. Uh, In order to enjoy it, there was an excellent performance by Riley, uh, I think it's, I don't know how you say her last name. It's K-E-O-U-G-H. Kiev. Um... I had not seen her in much previously, and I was also surprised to learn that she's Lisa Marie Presley's daughter, so Elvis's granddaughter. I didn't know that, so that's another kind of sleeper hit that's really good. Number eight, also from Shudder, is a horror comedy. It's an anthology with eight stories total, seven stories plus the wraparound or frame story. And the great thing about anthologies is if you don't like one of the stories, hang around a few minutes and then you'll be on to the next one. I will say that people who did not know this is anthology series going into it might be a bit confused as to what's going on. The wraparound story is a lot of fun and it features a guy named Rad Chad and his 1980s video store. And the stories are a lot of fun. They're very meta. 
I especially enjoyed Goo Man in one of the stories. And make sure you don't uh, leave before the ending of the movie or you will miss Joe Bob Briggs making an appearance. So Joe Bob Briggs from Shudder. Number seven. An Australian movie also on Shudder. Host is about a group of friends who are quarantined and decide to have a seance via Zoom. It's not surprising when bad things start happening. This was shot on a micro budget by people who are really quarantined, so the actors set up their own equipment, etc., thanks to some uh, people walking them through set up remotely. The scripts, the characters, and the jump scares are surprisingly effective, I think, and at 55 minutes, it's the actual length of a Zoom call. What could be more 2020 than host? Number seven is a movie from Spain called The Platform. It may not be as well known as others on this list. A surprise hit about a man who is stuck in prison. What makes this movie different is that the prison is actually 333 levels. Food is distributed via a platform that floats through the different floors once per day from the top to the bottom. That means the people at the top get the best food. Those nearer the top get some leftovers and those poor people at the bottom get nothing and probably die. And just because you're on a high level now doesn't mean you always be one. They like to randomly, or maybe not randomly, shuffle the levels people are on. I think it's once a month. This is a very creative idea, and I think it had a lot to say about wealth distribution in the world. So definitely recommend the platform. Number five, another anthology, the second anthology on my list. This one also on Shudder. And this one has four stories, including the wraparound or frame story, each weirder than the last. The atmosphere, the special effects, the intro graphics, everything about this show worked for me. Clancy Brown, who you've seen him in a ton of things, movies and TV, including Shawshank Redemption and lots of other stuff. He plays a character called Montgomery Dark, and he is uh, delightful in it. Um, I think that many people have said he should play the tall man in a remake of Phantasm, and I would definitely be all for that. So, great, um, great anthology. Check out the Mortuary Collection. Number four, also on Shudder, Color Out of Space. A family faces some life-altering changes when a meteorite lands on their farm. Starring Nicolas Cage and Jolie Wilson, it depicts a family under attack. While this is a meteorite, it could be many other things, including cancer, Alzheimer's, etc. I think, um, well, this is based on a Lovecraft story, and those are North notoriously hard to transition to screen, but I think they did a great job with this. Nicolas Cage may have finally found his niche playing over-the-top crazy people in horror movies. I used to not like him at all and avoid any movie he was in, but after seeing him in Mandy last year and now this year's Color Out of Space, he has redeemed himself. Um, just don't watch, uh, well, let's see, what is it? Um... Wicker Man. Don't watch the Wicker Man remake with him because it is truly bad. Um, 
Also, a shout out to the special effects team. The CGI work is beautiful in this movie. Um, it is definitely otherworldly. So that was number four, Color Out of Space. Number three from the UK, His House, which is currently available on Netflix. An interesting new spin on a haunted house movie. A South Sudanese couple relocates to the UK where they are put in a dilapidated, like, flat um, that's adjoined to other houses. They are fish out of water. The husband tries to acclimate by dressing like others, singing pub songs, etc. The wife just wants to leave. Uh, but if they do one thing wrong, they are kicked out of the program, so they really have to adhere to all of these strict rules. And if that weren't bad enough, it seems like their new house is haunted. Haven't these poor people been through enough already? Uh, I think so. Um, the leads, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to mess up their name. Wanmi, W-N-M-I, Masako, M-A-S-A-K-U, Azrael, and Soapy. Derisu as Ball are very effective. Uh, I think they did a great job, and you really feel for them, and you see some backstory later and the tragedies that they have been through and survived and now trying to go through this as well. I'm not sure how people uh, recover from some of these things to even continue on. So that was number three. Number two is La Llorona. From Guatemala on Shudder. This is not to be confused with the horrid conjuring universe uh, La Llorona, which I reviewed earlier. This one takes the weeping woman curse and applies it to a corrupt dictator who is charged with the genocide of Native American people in Guatemala. The frail old man goes on trial. He's found not guilty despite the evidence. He, his wife, uh, daughter, and granddaughter hold up in their mansion while protesters continually chant outside so they can't leave. Weird things start to happen. The frightened staff members who are all Mayan all leave except for one, and then a new woman arrives to help. La Llorona is beautifully told. It's another movie, like several on my list, where you have a claustrophobic feel since they can't get, leave to get any help. The idea that the person that you love could be responsible for such atrocities makes you question if you really knew them at all or if you just look the other way to preserve your cushy life. It also depicts how the families of those who commit horrible acts are doomed to carry on to carry their guilt as well. It reminds me of interviews I've seen with a few family members of serial killers such as the sister of John Wayne Gacy, the mother of one of the Con Columbine school shooters, or the wife of Gary Ridgway. How does a person, um, I don't know what the word is, that's not overcome, but live with the fact that the person that you thought you loved or that you thought you knew committed such horrible deeds. So definitely recommend La Llorona. And that takes us to number one. Number one is from Australia, currently on Amazon, and it is Relic. An older woman, possibly suffering from Alzheimer's, disappears from her house. Her daughter and granddaughter arrive. She eventually returns, but things get weird fast. This is really a story about watching your loved ones get old, their bodies and mind deteriorate to the point that you no longer recognize them and are unable to do anything about it. It's also about knowing that the same thing will eventually happen to you. Very touching and a great cast. And 
it's probably uh, hit me more than normal given the times we are in now. But uh, I, I think, uh, yep. So the just a recap, the my top ten were from the top this time to number ten, number one, Relic, number two, La Llorona, number three, His House, number four, Color Out of Space, number five, The Mortuary Collection, which is an anthology, Number six, The Platform. Number seven, Host. Number eight, Scare Package, which is another anthology. Number nine, The Lodge. And number ten, Rent-A-Pal. While that's my list, yours, of course, may vary. The great thing about horror is how subjective it is, and everyone is afraid of something different. Looking at my list as a whole, uh, the main things are grief, loss, and isolation. And given the year that we've been through, and we're still going through more in 2021, I'm not surprised that my list um, leaned towards that. Let's hope at the end of next year that uh, my list uh, has some different things in it. So no recipe this week. Um, where you can find us, we're on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please give us a five-star rating. If you like what you're hearing, we need all the help we can get. We're also on Twitter at Food and Fright. Contact us by email at foodandfright at gmail.com or check out our website at foodandfrighteningfilmfanatics.podbean.com. That's it for now. Hopefully I will be back next week with another franchise. Uh, got a couple of them I'm thinking about doing. Um, until then, stay safe. Happy New Year. And we'll talk to you then. Bye.